EC to endorse MPs elect on June 21st. ITV clarifies discrepancy in meeting minutes and video. DSI raids Phuket accountants over 440 million in nominee companies. And Agoda CEO urges Thailand to expand and diversify options for tourists. Well, hello there and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show as usual and thank you for tuning in yet again. Now, before we do jump into today's show, don't forget to like and subscribe to this channel and video if you already haven't and hit the notification bell so YouTube will let you know when the next video is uploaded. If you like listening to us on Podcast Player, there's a link down below in the description as always. And finally, if you like the show, if you want to support the show or if you simply just want to buy me a coffee, you can do so in the link down below in the description. And now that that's all done and dusted, that let's jump into the top four stories doing the rounds here in Thailand today. The EC to endorse MP-elect on June 21st. The election commission is expected to endorse MPs-elect on June 21 and has set up a fact-finding panel to investigate a leaked document showing 71 constituency MP-elect had their poll results withheld. The EC will meet on June 19 to consider endorsing MPs-elect in both the party list and constituency systems as it has completed the examination of all 400 constituencies to determine which ones had complaints filed against candidates, a source at the poll agency said on Thursday. Now, once certified, the MPs will receive official documents at the EC office, the source claimed. Following the May 14th election, the House of Representatives will consist of 500 elected members, with 400 from constituencies and the remaining from party list. The EC has 60 days after an election to certify at least 95% or 475 of all 500 winning election candidates. On Wednesday, EC Secretary-General Sawang Bun-mi ordered the formation of a fact-finding panel in response to a leaked document circulating on social media. The three-page document, reportedly genuine, indicated that 71 constituency MPs-elect from eight parties across 37 provinces were being withheld, while 329 MPs-elect had no complaints. The affected MPs-elect were 21 from the Bumjai Thai Party, 20 from the Pua Thai Party, 14 from the Palang Pracharat Party, and that's the current government party, 7 from the Move Forward Party and 3 each from the Democrat, the United Thai Nation Parties and 2 from the Thai Sang Thai Party. After the document was leaked, no commissioners came out to explain what happened. On Friday, EC Chairman Itiport Bunsa Prakan will chair the Commission's annual General Assembly and an academic seminar on the direction of Thai politics after the general election. So this is fairly good news that they're saying in the next, what, five days they will have the official results. I'm not sure what's going to happen with these 71 constituency MPs that are currently being investigated. A lot seem to be the former or the current government parties uh, that seem to be under investigation for whatever reason. I wonder what those reasons are. It'd be great if they released this and were transparent about things so people could understand what the issue really is. But um, yeah, we'll probably find out in the next couple of days. But hopefully this will be all cleared up and we can start to at least see the formation of a new government. Now, what are the next steps in relation to the government? Well, what they will do then is the parliament will meet, I think it's in August, uh, and they will elect a Speaker of the House. Now, once the Speaker of the House has been elected and goes through the parliamentary vote, he then will nominate the next person to be the Prime Minister of Thailand and both the Parliament and the Senate will then sit down and vote on that candidate. 
Now, as a lot of people may or may not know, you need 376, I think, uh, votes be to become prime minister. The part Senate and the Parliament is made up of 500 elected officials and 250 senators who were installed by the military junta. So they play a key role in determining who will be the next prime minister. So at the moment, the obstacle for Peter Limjanarat is that he's not very popular with the ruling party and with these generals that have been installed by the previous junta so whether or not he will get all the votes that he needs it's really unsure now at present he has about 320 or so votes in his favor that would be from the ruling coalition there's talk that the democratic party want to be seen to be a democratic party because there is a lot of question marks over their party because they joined the previous administration which was the junta in government and gave their voice and their votes to them and a lot of people said well you're not a democratic party if you're doing this so there there is a lot of talk about them giving their votes to PETA during this election process would be an, an additional 20 votes. There is also quite a few former Puatai members who are part of the Bumjai Thai party or the PPRP and there's talk also about some of them crossing the aisle to vote for PETA just to kind of smooth things out a little. So that means he'll still need about 20 votes from the Senate. Now I think the idea that he couldn't get 20 votes from the Senate would be a disgrace out of 250. It would really show these guys for who they really are and of course my big fear for Thailand is if they don't elect him as prime minister. What is the future going to be like here in Thailand? I think people will hit the streets and I think we're going to be in for mass protests because I just don't think the people are going to tolerate this anymore. They see the conspiracy theories and the people out to get him before he even gets to be elected, you know, goes to that process. They're trying everything they can. They're forging documents. They're you know, throwing in frivolous uh, claims that he has no right to be He's not qualified, etc. So let's hope somebody within this Senate decides that we need to vote for this guy to, you know, give the country a fighting chance. Because I believe that the Move Forward Party, in conjunction with Puatai and those other parties, could do a good job for this country. They have plans. They have a vision, at least. They have, you know, an economic uh, vision for the country. And they their main focus, of course, which I think is one of the great things, is to end corruption in government bodies and within the country itself. And I think this is a, it's a, a tall order, but at least they're talking about making an effort to do it, unlike the previous administration. But nevertheless, we'll leave it at there. And we're going to run on to the next story, which is about Peter Limjanarat. And we brought you the story about his ITV shares, which are the ones that are causing him a lot of problems. So we've had some clarification. So ITV clarifies the discrepancy in the meeting minutes and the video. ITV, the company at the center of a media shareholding controversy involving Move Forward Party, Pita Lim Janarat, has issued a statement clarifying a discrepancy between the official minutes from its annual shareholders meeting and a video of the April 26th event. It said that part of the written report stating that the company is still conducting business activities as stipulated in the registration does not intend to imply it is engaged in the media business. Instead, it is meant to convey that the firm is operating in accordance with the objectives stipulated in the company registration and it is not a defunct company, said the statement. The company said the meeting minutes are not a word-by-word -word transcription but a summary of questions and answers concerning the company's business activities. ITV has further said that its revenue, as shown in its financial statement for 2022, originated from investments and interests. As for its financial documents for the first quarter of this year, which is posted on its website, it is a draft for internal use and is non-binding. 
Now, according to the statement, the meeting of shareholders and submission of financial documents and the company's operations are part of the business routine and are carried out in line with the law. The statement came from the after the executive director, Kim Sitoweshai, ordered ITV committee members to launch an investigation into the minutes of the shareholders' meeting. Mr. Peter, who stands accused of holding shares in ITV, which is apparently a media company, has alleged that there are attempts to revive ITV in a bid to block him from becoming prime minister through his shareholding in the media company. Under the current constitution, individuals with media holdings are barred from running for office. The MFP leader could be disqualified as an MP if he is found to have applied to be a list MP candidate, knowing he might not have been eligible. Many MFT supporters believe that ITV ceased to operate as a media company, which would enable Mr. Peter to avoid legal disqualification. The discrepancy between what was in the video and in the minutes has triggered a fierce debate over whether the company was still functioning as a media company. Critics have argued that despite ITV having stopped its television broadcasting long ago, it has since made an income from business in other branches of the media. So this is kind of the controversy that's been going on for quite a while. I don't know when we're going to get... I mean, they haven't... The Election Commission have, haven't even started investigating yet. And if they're basing it on the minutes of the meeting, then they would have no reason to continue investigating it and they would have to throw out the complaint, which would lead uh, the op- pave the way for him to at least go, Peter, to go and get uh, a vote in the parliament whether or not they want uh, him to be the prime minister or not. So we'll see where this goes. It's very, very messy. And it does seem that while there are forces out there... That that are trying their best to ensure that he does not become Prime Minister. Now moving along, and this one may affect some people, expats here in Thailand, but the DSI raids Phuket accountants over 440 million in nominee companies. The Department of Special Investigation, and that'll be the DSI from now on, has raided a legal accounting firm based in Shillong that is now under investigation for its involvement in facilitating nearly 70 foreign illegally operating companies with holdings worth an estimated total of 440 million baht. DSI Director General Police Maj Sharia was in Phuket yesterday to lead the raid at 10.30am. While none of the officials' reports of the raid identified the law firm, photos posted with one official report clearly identified the office of ST Accounting plus Solutions located in Chao Pha Road East in Mu Eight Shillong. The office is located in a small shop office complex about one kilometre north of Shillong Circle and right next door to the Muang Phuket 2 Area Revenue Branch office. The owner of the company is a Thai woman with a British husband. There are about 40 employees and officers in the company said one official report of the raid. Joining the rain was Tawet Suresit, director of the DSI's Bureau of Financial and banking and money laundering crime. Major Surya explained to the press that three offices of the company were raided with boxes of files seized as evidence. Photos taken during the raid showed that among the evidence seized was a pile of passports. Major Surya told the press that almost 70 foreigners were found to be involved in the companies under investigation for using nominee shareholders to illegally allow foreigners to control such companies. He said the practice of using nominee shareholders was illegal under the Foreign Business Act and brought much economic harm to the country. In total, 44 real estate companies, 8 tourism companies and 14 other service companies were under investigation. Each of the 44 real estate companies had real estate holdings to the value of 10 to 20 million, which is equivalent to approximately 440 million in real estate sales uh, business, he said. Now, according from the evidence found and as a result of previous investigation, we have found that the law firm set up almost 100 companies for foreigners, of which about 44 companies were related to land. 
Now, most of the customers are Russians. Each company carries out some of the business activities that are prohibited for foreigners, such as possession of real estate land or occupying and renting or trading real estate, he added. There is also evidence of foreigners working in occupations that are also prohibited, he said. The investigation also found that the company has been operating for over 15 years and has never been investigated or raided. This type of offence is widespread in Phuket, Chiang Mai and tourist areas in the east and in an area of high value. Foreigners have come to rely on this method of acquiring or possessing high-value land, which causes the state to lose a lot of revenue due to land trading through a nominee company, not normal trading, Major Surya said. He also went on to say that the root cause of the wrongdoing comes from law firms that prepare the accounts. It is the starting point to persuade some foreigners to believe and this practice that the practice is legal. Meanwhile, some people already know that it is illegal and come to use the services of a law firm in submitting a company's registration, he said. This result is the right to occupy and hold the land as well as real estate and other mutually beneficial businesses as well, he added. So this, uh, this is common practice here in Thailand. And it's not going to be confined to just Phuket, but as I said, Chiang Mai, I would say Pattaya, even Bangkok, many places. And when you get involved in trying to buy land, own land, using basically what is a fake company, because that's what it is, you're taking a huge risk with your money. Now, as they say, the majority of people in this are Russians, which is not a major surprise because that is the predominant nationality currently staying and visiting Phuket at the moment. But it's going to be a wake-up call for a lot of people who have done it this way because if you think this is the only company doing it, you're highly mistaken. This is the tip of the iceberg. And this, if investigated properly, will bring down, in my opinion, the property market here in Phuket because I reckon there are hundreds of properties that have been open using illegal nominees. In fact, there's people on TikTok and people on some of these islands in Koh Phangan, Koh Tao, Samui, who are openly telling people about how to buy land using companies like this. And then when you tell them, you know, when you say, listen, this is completely illegal, they try to argue with you that it's not. I've seen this on TikTok. Uh, one family in particular building villas and everything using land that they bought through their company. And if your company isn't a proper company, as in, you know, it's majority owned by Thai, with real Thai people, you're paying tax every year, you're an actual functioning company, then it's illegal. If you're not an actual real company, then it's illegal what you're doing. I mean, I remember watching this TikTok about a, a certain couple in in Copenhagen, I think it was, we're talking about how you have a secret contract with these people that's a second contract underneath the top one, uh, a silent contract, they called it or something, that made sure that uh, your interests were being protected, which is complete. And when it was pointed out that that's illegal, they got all annoyed with everybody and said, you don't know what you're talking about. And this was, was one particular foreign family here in, in Thailand. So to make it simple for people, foreigners in general can't own land. There's a few few exceptions to that rule, but it's in essence the law. You can't. And the idea that you need, you can go around opening companies, like what's been going on here, and think you're going to get away with it, you're not. Now this is going to, I think this is going to be the start of what's going to be huge raids in Phuket and other places around the country. Because as they say, it is doing harm. And it needs to be corrected. And I think people who've been doing things illegally, and by the way, there's also the work permit issue. There is an awful lot of foreigners who are getting companies like solicitors and whatnot and lawyers to get them work permits so they can stay longer in Thailand, but they don't actually work. Or they're doing jobs that are not jobs that foreigners should be allowed to do. And these kind of things, I mean, are the reasons why I guess immigration rules are so difficult for us here in Thailand is because of people like this. 
and I think there needs to be a real stamp out of this. But I'd love to know your opinion, as always, down below in that comment section. And finally, Agoda CEO urges Thailand to expand and diversify options for tourists. Thailand needs to provide more reasons for tourists to visit the country besides vacations and parties to shift the country's tourism industry to a higher level, Agoda CEO Omri Morgenstern told a media briefing on Thursday. He made the comments while providing an overview of the Asia-Pacific tourism industry in the first five months of the year based on data from the online booking platform. The data revealed an impressive recovery as well as growth in nearly all cities and countries in the region, with some already outpacing the growth they attained in years prior to the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2019. Now, the most popular destinations are Japan, followed by Thailand, Vietnam, Malaysia and South Korea, in that order according to Agoda's data. Thailand was among the top three destinations for traveling from 98 countries and the top destination for travelers from 39, including Malaysia, China, India, Vietnam, Cambodia and Laos in the first five months of this year. Thailand was also the top choice in Asia for visitors from Germany, France, Israel, the Netherlands, Russia, South Africa and Sweden. Morgan Stern, who has been living in Thailand for more than a year, said he believes the country is the best vacation destination but sees room for improvement to attract more visitors. He cited Japan as an example, saying it is well known outside of Asia due to massive trade and investment. It also has more high-end attractions and activities for visitors, including world-class theme parks. Thailand needs to create more things for visitors to do besides typical tourist attractions, Morgan Stern said. But fundamentally, he boiled down his advice to numbers. Just bring in more people, he said. The higher the number of visitors, the greater the likelihood that tourism will have a positive impact on the country's revenue, he said. Now, what about sustainable tourism, Mr. Morgenstern? Value is not the only price, but also the value of the city itself. For example, Khan Ken in the northeastern province may be the cheapest city to visit, but its dinosaur museum is a rare treasure worth promoting to attract international tourists, especially families. Meanwhile, Agoda is investing heavily in upgrading its technology for future bookers. So that's just a quick story on Thailand. I think it's quite interesting where Thailand stands in the rest of Asia. And as we can see, Japan is still is number one. But interesting enough. But that's it for today, folks. Hope you enjoyed the show as always. And we'll see you again before Sunday. Once again, thanks again for tuning in. Take care and have a great day. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.